the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May the grace and peace of God our Creator, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We enter into this celebration today aware of our own shortcomings, of our need for the Lord's mercy, and we receive it abundantly. Ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpasses the desires of all who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, one they beat, Another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first, but they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. So they seized him threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him his produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. When I first came to Holy Martyrs, I shared the story of a pet that once belonged to the daughter of a friend of mine, a gerbil named Arnold. He was named after Arnold Schwarzenegger, except where Arnold the movie star had muscles, Arnold the gerbil had teeth. He was a furry little ball of dental demolition, teeth with legs. He destroyed his little wheel, he devoured his food dish, he demolished his water dispenser and finally started gnawing through his plastic cage, which is why Arnold the gerbil isn't with us anymore. Arnold apparently wanted out in the worst way. 
And so he became a furry little escape artist, a little Harry Houdini. He never missed a chance to try to chew his way to freedom. Then finally, one night, he made his break for it. He waited till all the guards were asleep and then gnawed through the top of his little gerbil house, scampered down the table, and was surprised to find the family cat, who thought that she had just discovered the greatest new toy in the world. The next day was a cross between CSI and Oprah, where they had to sit the children down on the couch and pass along some parental wisdom. Kids, do you know what irony is? Because here is this little guy knocking himself out, spending a rodent lifetime trying to escape. Only what he thought of as his prison was actually what was keeping him alive. When they shared that story with me, we started thinking about things we hadn't thought of in years, and suddenly we were all eight years old again, when the world was a bewildering place where something you could count on being there one day was simply gone the next. How far we've come. How many things have we chewed through, through all these years, only to find ourselves every once in a while confronted by all the old doubts and insecurities that will eat you alive if you let them. Like a global pandemic or economic uncertainty or the polarization of our culture, and that whole litany of things beyond our control that keep us up at night. I was reminded of that experience when I read over today's gospel, not because a Christian is like being a gerbil, but because on one level, this parable of Jesus is a story about loss. The religious leaders who are given charge of the vineyard but failed to serve their God. And in the image of the owner's son, there is the image of Jesus, who is letting his disciples know that he knew what lay ahead of him. They killed the owner's son, just as they would crucify the Son of God. On another level, though, this is a story, too, about life's insecurities. Because it tells us that the one thing we can count on as certain is our relationship with God. And so it tells us about this. It tells us about God's trust, the owner in the story who entrusted the vineyard to the growers. He didn't stand over them to supervise like the night manager at Taco Bell. He left them to do what needed to be done. Just as God pays each of us the amazing compliment of entrusting us with the freedom to live our lives. This parable tells us about God's patience. The owner sent messenger after messenger. He didn't lose patience even when those messengers were ill-treated and abused. He gave the growers chance after chance to change their ways, to respond to his appeal. And so it is with God's forgiveness. It is a miracle, not just because God gives it, but because he keeps on giving it every time we fail. But this is also a sobering story because it reminds us about God's judgment. 
Judgment always comes. The problem with the growers, like the religious leaders of Jesus' time, was that they were acting too much like gerbils and not enough like people of faith. So busy trying to get out of doing what the Lord wanted that they never thought about what they were getting themselves into. Most important, though, this story is about the generosity of God. The vineyard in the story was equipped with everything they needed to get the job done, the hedge, the wine press, the tower, in the same way that God gives us everything we need to live the abundant life God made us to live. And then at the end, Jesus throws in this remarkable statement. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. In the Old Testament, people would have understood this as a description of Israel, the most rejected of nations. And in the Gospel, it was clearly meant to describe Jesus as the Messiah who was rejected. But it also means something important for us. Often we presume that what God wants from us are the great things we have to offer, our achievements and our talents and our skills. But often what God wants is not our strength, but our weakness. What we would reject as worthless, God can use to do great things. There was a family where the members, like in many families, didn't get along so well once they became adults. Each went their own separate way, and they hung on to past hurts. If they had been still in first grade, the report card would have said, does not play well with others. But these were adults, and so they were stuck with their foolish pride. Their not getting along bothered their aging mother a lot, and she tried everything she could to get them to reconcile with each other. She encouraged and cajoled and even used maternal guilt to try to make them get along, but they wouldn't do it, until their mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. This gifted, accomplished, educated woman began to fail in that awful, gradual, irrevocable slide until her total dependency brought her children home. One by one, they took turns caring for her for a few weeks at a time. And over time, they learned to depend on each other and even found begrudging respect for the sacrifices each one made. When their mother had nothing left to give, that nothing became the means to reunite her family. The stone that the builders rejected had become the cornerstone. This is the promise that Jesus makes. There is nothing we have, no matter how small, that God cannot use to do great things. St. Augustine wrote that the reward of faith is to see what we believe. And that is what the Lord reveals to us today in this gospel. But it was also Augustine who said, do you aspire to great things? Start with little ones. Remember your love.
and your faithfulness, O Lord. Remember your people and have mercy on us, Lord. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom should I fear? When I call, God hears. Remember your love and your faithfulness, O Lord. Remember your people and have mercy on us, Lord. If you dwelt, O Lord, upon our sinfulness, then who could stand? But with you there is mercy and forgiveness and a guiding hand. Remember your love and your faithfulness, O Build up your people, we pray, Almighty God, into the living image of your Son. Strengthen us when we grow weary. Lift us when we fall. And hear the prayers that we offer through Christ our Lord. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go in peace to glorify the Lord with our lives.